Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Yay! This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The pot of thunder and rock and roll. The spill you're under can be rocking with Chris Jericho. The People's Podcast has arrived. Let's go for a ride. Feeling like a space brain one more time tonight Loading like a freight train Flying like an aeroplane Feeling like a space brain one more time tonight Yeah! Woo! Another new one for ya! Another cowbell extravaganza <laughs> what a show we've got today. Jericholics, how the hell are you? Former Jersey Shore star Nicole Palizzi. Snooky, she's coming up. Everybody knows Snooky about three, four years ago. She was like the most famous person in the country. As crazy as it is, but she's still rocking and kicking it. She's got a brand new podcast right here on podcast1.com. You can all check it out right after you finish listening to mine. I'm sure we have the exact same demographic. I go tanning. I'd go to the gym. I do laundry once in a while. I did socks in the sink. If you uh, follow me on Tweet Secret, where you got to see me washing my socks in the sink when I missed my flight. Get the Tweet Secret app now uh, on the App Store, and you can find all of my crazy personal videos that get sent directly to you and only you. Exclusive. So you can see me doing my laundry, because I know what it's like to be a guido, and, and, and so does Nicole about being a guidette. Check out her podcast called Naturally Nicole. You know something? We've got a lot more in common than you might think, though, other than just Jim Tan and Laundry, GTS. We've both done Dancing with the Stars. She's got some stories to share about that. And we've both been in the WWE. Yes, remember, Nicole was in the ring at WrestleMania 27 and hosted Monday Night Raw. Wait till you hear what she has to say about all things WWE, Vince McMahon, John Morrison, Trish Stratus, 
everybody that was involved in her uh, monumental match at WrestleMania 27. It might surprise you. It's very controversial. Nicole is on the way. But first, I got to tell you what I've been doing last couple uh, last couple days. I've been here in London, England. I'm still in London, uh, getting ready to leave uh, the wonderful hotel here in the Trafalgar Square Hilton. Had a great couple days. Uh, first two parts of London is Jericho. Was just off the chizane. Uh, two sold-out shows, amazing crowds, and just had a blast. I, uh, just told stories. Uh, a lot of people thought uh, came up to me and said a couple things I thought was interesting. One, they were like, "We didn't think Jericho was going to be so funny," and I'm like, what, "Like, why not? Like, <laughs> did you think I was going to be boring? Would I ever be boring?" Um, I, I think what fooled people is that. They might have been expecting kind of a standard Q&A session, which is not really what I do. I tell more stories, and I guess it's almost like a stand-up comedy routine, uh, although I've never claimed to be a comedian, but I guess I do have a sense of humor because people were laughing the whole time. A lot of imitations, Vince McMahon imitations, John Laurinaitis, uh, Kurt Angle, Steve Austin, The Rock, uh, Zach Wilde, Ozzy Osbourne, Sharon Osbourne. A lot of really uh, fun uh, imitations and good times. Played some cowbell. Uh, people were loving the cowbell Mark Henry theme. Don't Fear the Reaper was, was crazy. Got asked some uh, great questions, which uh, I think Q- Q&A part is very interesting because I've got kind of a whole gaggle of stories that I tell in the first half of the show, um, which I kind of control and know how they go and know what kind of laughs they're going to get in the beats and all that stuff. And the Q&A, of course, is all improv, so it's up to me to kind of take the questions and try and give uh, an answer that fits that question but also can lead people to, to laughing. I want to keep them laughing. I don't want this thing to be serious. So, And I think both of them went really, really good. Got some amazing feedback on the Twitter! At I am Jericho. So if you were at London is Jericho and you didn't send us a tweet to tell me how you thought about it, uh, please do so. I am looking into doing more shows for uh, PSI events. Paul Inwood was the promoter, did a tremendous job. First class um, treatment all the way. Had a great time at Leicester Square Theater. Thanks to all the fine folks over there. And then, of course, sandwiched in the middle was the Download Festival, which was just ridiculously amazing um, to be on the main stage on Saturday. Uh, we were the second band of the day on the main stage, but I, you know, I don't care if I was headlining the second stage or headlining the third stage. Main stage is main stage, man. And just to say you're on the main stage was just a re- crazy cool honor. And 40,000 people at noon. Which is cool because I think, you know, the promoters, uh, Andy Copping is the promoter there. Great guy. Did a great job as always. I think they kind of experiment a little bit sometimes. Let's put Fozzie in the main stage at noon and see how they do. Will people show up? What kind of reaction will it be? And if it was a test, I'm always analyzing things. And we, we passed that test with flying colors because, like I said, I mean, people have been up all night partying. It's the first night of the, of the, sh- of the festival. Avenged Sevenfold just killed it. My boys in Avenged Sevenfold, uh, Talk is Jericho, Alumni, M. Shadows, and the gang. First time headlining download, they drew about 65,000 people. Had an amazing production, all the stage show and stage set, and it really opened some eyes because it seems like every year Metallica and Iron Maiden, uh, Sabbath, they're kind of flip-flopping who's headlining these big shows, which is amazing. Uh, in 2012, Metallica headline download. In 2013, Maiden headline download. Now it's Sonosphere, it's Metallica and Maiden. So, 
you know, you can kind of see a pattern here. So for Avenge Sevenfold to kind of break into that upper echelon was just amazing. Uh, great for them and great for, for, for bands because it shows that there's some new bands breaking through. And I think we broke through as well to be on that early, like I said, at noon on the main stage and to have a crazy, awesome crowd chanting Fozzie the whole time opened up a lot of eyes to uh, making new fans and also a lot of media. I did six hours of press, Rich Ward and myself afterwards. Uh, literally, I'm not even kidding. We went to uh, straight from the stage to the Kerrang signing um, at, at the Kerrang tent, which is the big rock magazine there, along with Metal Hammer. And our line was so long, they had to cut it. They said it was the longest line of the festival up to that point, which is always nice to hear. And then went straight to the press tent where I did, like I said, six hours of press with Rich. You can see a lot of that press up online now at Fozzy Rock is the Twitter. FozzyRock.com. You can go find out all that stuff. And it was ridiculous because, you know, doing so much press and, and, you know, I'm up for it. I love doing press. If you're going to put out a new record, Do You Want to Start a War is the new record. comes out July 22nd. You have to um, promote it. You want people to know what's out. You want people to be talking about the band, especially after such a triumphant appearance at Download. So that's what we did. And um, lots of people in the press area want to take pictures and, and have, you know, autographs and stuff both Fozzie fans and wrestling fans and everything in between. So I was over in the corner of the field, the press tent pen, I guess you'd say, and I just needed like three minutes just to shoot this this text out. And this guy comes over and he's kind of looking at me kind of under my phone. He's like, hey. I'm like, oh, hey. You know, I'm always nice, but it's like, geez, I just need two minutes alone. He's like, are you Chris Jericho? I'm like, yeah, man, how's it going? Kind of standard, cool, too, school, too cool for school response. He's like, hey, Jakey e. Lee. And I was like, What? And I looked at him, it was Jakey e. Lee, like former Aussie guitar player, Jakey e. Lee, played on Bark at the Moon. Everyone knows Bark at the Moon. That's that's his song. And uh, I'd always been waiting to meet Jake, and I was like, oh, Jake, hey. And I'd, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry that I was acting kind of like, hey, what's up? And he's like, no, it's no problem, man. So I talked to him for a while, but that's why you always have to be like super nice. You can never start saying like, hey, I'm Chris Jericho. What's up? Because it could be the former guitar player of Ozzy that you've never met before. So um, considering that I know Zach Wilde and I know Gus G, uh, if anybody else that ever is the former guitar player of Ozzy comes up to me and starts talking to me, that would mean it was Tony Iommi. So I better be nice to everybody from now on. But uh, very, very cool experience and really thankful to download and looking forward to heading back to the UK for a full tour, a bigger tour than what we've usually done here because it's time to move to the next level with the Foz. Uh, I got to see some old friends, too, here while I was in London. I got to see uh, Craig Wallace. Wallace is his name. You may recognize him because he was the other member of the BTWF, the Big Time Wrestling Federation, and he was the wild warden to my Eastern Crowbar that uh, had the uh, match interrupted by Egypt. Uh, of course, frequent guest on Talk is Jericho Egypt. I mentioned that we had our own band, the BTWF Orchestra, where we did, it was kind of like, I don't know, a, a techno, metal, polka, ska type of a thing because he was a keyboard player. He loved Depeche Mode and Kraftwerk. I was, of course, a Maiden fan and a Metallica fan. And we both loved uh, like the Beatles and, and Queen and bands like that. So we just put together our own band in high school. And kind of reunited in the mid-90s and, and just put together a bunch of tunes and didn't really rehearse them. You would just throw them down and record them and see what you get. Um, there was a friend of ours in high school called Kevin Ahoff, 
and he was called the organizer because he'd always be the guy that'd be okay. We gotta get something going here. I'll, I'm gonna call everyone. We'll meet up at seven eleven, you know, at ten o'clock. So he, he we called him the organizer or the geyser for short. And one of the BTWF songs that we did was called the geyser. And it's only I don't know about a minute and a half long, but he just uh, Wallace just sent it to me, and it is so ridiculously stupid and funny to me that I thought I would play it to you guys because I threw out conventional rules a long time ago. Um, so this is the BTWF Orchestra, and the names in this are all guys that we went to high school that were kind of nerdy, nerdy people. Uh, although I guess if we were writing songs of this, we were probably the nerds and didn't know it. I'm nerdy, and I know it. Know it. So uh, check it out. BTWF Orchestra from 1994. This is Wallace and, uh, and Irvass. Uh, Quince and Klugman was our names. I, I was Quince and he was Klugman. Uh, so here you go. This is The Geyser. Check it out. See what you think. Well, it's 830. It's time to go out. It's time to rest party. I called Dave Jordan, he's already out, and Len Lover is here with me. Call up Dave Thorne, he'll pair his CDs, Grum is on, and the feces. Cause I'm a geyser, and I know it all, for a party just call me. Who was Marty Merrick, and Aaron Fields, and Kevin Toes, and Wayne Burglar. For Marks and Trusty, and Leg and his thong. Lucy and Chris Wagar Call up Lowry and Bar Drink Me How about Burwash and Dave Ogaki Cause I'm a geyser and I know it all For a party just call me you guys thought that was funny because i know i did just that keyboard sound was so ridiculous and that polka bass line doon 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 kirby gaming and kevin lang dale martin Nuck, and the whole gang ah the stuff that i do to keep myself entertained right good 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 times but i uh, had a great great amazing time in in download uh and at london is jericho Hopefully do want to do more London is Jericho shows in the very, very uh, near future. Had such a great time. So look for that. And, of course, I will be happy to do that with the fine, fine folks at PSI Events with Paul Inwood. Got some Fozzie, more Fozzie shows coming up, though, that I can't announce in the States. June 21st, this Saturday in El Paso at the Street Festival, KLAQ Street Festival. 
Then we got Thursday, July 24th, the return of Fozzie to the Whiskey A Go Go, the famous whiskey, Hollywood, California. Come rock with us there. Saturday, August 2nd at the WKRLK Rockathon at the uh, New York State Fairgrounds in Syracuse. Then Saturday, September 13th in Madison, Wisconsin, WJO, sorry, WJJO Sonic Boom. That's going to be a huge one. A lot of really cool shows coming up, radio festivals, playing with some really cool bands, uh, WJJO in Madison, A Day to Remember, Bring Me the Horizon, All That Remains, Hate Breed, uh, of course, Fozzie will be there. So looking forward to playing all those shows and also looking forward to filming a video in Los Angeles around the time of uh, the Whiskey Show on July 24th. Our record, Do You Want to Start a War, comes out July 22nd. And we're actually going to be filming a video for the second single, Do You Want to Start a War, uh, which you haven't heard yet, but you will hear very, very soon. So check all that stuff out. Happy to be in London. Thanks to all the great people in the UK for taking such good care of me. And we will see you very, very soon. And today, very, very soon also, Nicole Snooky Polizzi of MTV's Jersey Shore and her new podcast, Naturally Nicole, will be right here. But first. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You're listening to Talk is Jericho. And on the line with us right now, the host of Naturally, Nicole. Nicole Palizzi is here. How are you doing? Hello. How are you? Oh, good, good. You have, uh, amongst all the million of other things you're doing, now you are hosting your very own podcast. What what brought you to, to this decision to do that? Um, well, eventually, you know, I do want to get out of reality because right now I'm filming Sookie uh, and Wow. And, you know, it's with my son. I don't want my son to be on TV forever. I kind of want him to go to school and, like, have his own life. So, um, you know, once this reality is done, I, I want to do more hosting stuff. I want to eventually have my own talk show. Okay. So I have my podcast. It's like a start of all of that. And, so, you know, hopefully get me in the groove of like hosting and doing that kind of thing well and that's the thing it's it's uh it's it's definitely an acquired art form to host a show and to do interviews and i mean and you know how it is i mean when you do an interview a lot of times people ask you the same questions over and over again and you kind of your mind kind of floats away so it's cool like i know when i do when i have my show i like to ask questions or just have a conversation not ask the typical same old questions which i think your guests will appreciate when you can do that. Yeah, I definitely, with uh, my show, I just want people to get to know the person or the celebrity instead of like, okay, so what are you endorsing today or what's your right. product? It's more of just like, what did you do this morning or what do you think of this? Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, like fun stuff that, that actually shows the audience and the fans that they're actually people. 
Yeah, and when you have more time too, like a podcast, you'll have you know forty minutes or forty five minutes or thirty minutes. It's different from when you're doing, let's say, a radio tour for whatever. And I'm sure you've done a million of them. You get eight to ten minutes on you know here's the word Peoria's Rock 105, and you get you know they ask you the same thing, and you got eight minutes, and you go through your, your shtick, and then you're done. But the thing that's cool about a podcast is, like you said, you can, you can peel away the layers and get deeper and just really have a conversation. Yeah, that's why I am so excited about um, my, my podcast. Um, you know, just so people get to know me as Nicole instead of Snooki, because that's how everybody knows me as. <laughs> that's right. And to also get to know other people as well. Sure, of course, of course. Now, I mean, you, you know, you're talking about Snooki and how people have gotten to know you. And, I mean, you mentioned that you're, get, you're doing Snooki and JWoww back for season four on MTV. How many seasons is that total that you've been doing a reality show is that like 10 now or how many yeah this is going to be a total of 10 (laughs) so um yeah and only 10 uh seasons over like four or five years right so i mean it's pretty intense it's a little insane but um you know eventually i think me and my family are ready to move on from that and you know me do my own thing well and that's just been your life now like you said 10 seasons of doing this you're used to having cameras following you everywhere i mean it's going to be weird when you don't have that anymore actually not really because when we shoot the show it's only for a month straight 24 7 okay so we're only shot a month out of a year so i mean it's still kind of weird to have cameras in your face all the time for that whole um you know months but um you know we're basically normal we're really really normal family we go out we do normal things and mm-hmm. you know the only not normal thing is we're on a reality show for a month <laughs> right 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 and the fact that you've been doing it like you said for 10 seasons worth um how was that for you when it first started when when um when, when jersey shore first took off going from just a normal girl living your life to being i mean it was quick too i mean that show took off so fast and suddenly you're on the cover of rolling stone and you know you're the most talked about girl in america in a lot of ways how did you how did you deal with that uh, well, it was definitely weird because I only signed up for the show just to do something fun for the summer, something different. And, um, you know, I was going to be like, right, this is just going to be a 15-minute thing. I'm going to have fun and then go back to school. Uh-huh. But it literally blew up, and we all had no idea that was going to happen. So, you know, it's, it's crazy because, um, you know, I would beg my parents for like $10 a week, you know, just to go <laughs> to the bar and get a drink. And now my parents are working for me. So, um, you know, wow. it's been it's been a crazy, crazy ride, but, um, you know, it's definitely the most fun I've ever had in my life, and, you know, we're still having fun shooting the shows, but um, we, we totally did not expect going into this that, you know, it was going to blow up the way it did. Now, you said your parents are working for you now? Yeah, I'm their boss, so they listen to me now. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they literally busted their butts. For me, sure. Uh, me with me growing up and giving me money, so you know I wanted to pay them back, and I'm literally paying them back now. Did they ever yell at you for something that for stuff that you did on the show? Um, 
not really. They were more embarrassed. Like, why did you do that? <laughs> but, you know, they couldn't yell at me because I was 21. So, right. you know, I'm like, I'm like, mom and dad, seriously, what were you doing at 21? I'm sure if you had cameras following you, you'd be embarrassed too. Exactly. Doing the same thing as you were, just that you were on camera, right? <laughs> exactly. So what was the original, like, audition? Where did you see, like, was there an ad, like, in a magazine or something? Or, or how did you get hooked up with, with the audition in the first place? I saw it on Facebook. Oh. And they were, uh, the ad said, calling all guidos and guidettes. I'm like, oh my God, this is so stupid. <laughs> but I went to the audition anyway, and I was like in, you know, like a fur, fake coat, and a mini dress, and I literally played the part, and I got it. So were you actually from uh, the Jersey Shore, or were you from New York? I was from New York. Um, the funny thing is, everybody on the show... None of us are from the Jersey Shore. We just go there and vacation because, you know, it's a vacation spot. Just to hang out. Now, it's funny because I grew up in, in Canada, up in Winnipeg, and the farthest thing from, from a guido and a guidette. But you mentioned that like you knew exactly what it was. So explain to me as a, as a layman what exactly is a guidette? It's basically like the lifestyle. Like you enjoy going to the club, listening to house music, tanning, drinking, <laughs> um, working out. It was literally like just the lifestyle of like, you know, what happens down the shore. Right. Um, so I thought it was so funny that they were making a show out of it. it, it so that would just be like some people that you know, like some people were rockers or some people were hippies and some people were guidos and yeah, guidettes. Exactly. Yeah, like the preps and the goths and then you have the guidos. And you had to be kind of like buff to be a guy guido. Like you couldn't really be a fat guido, right? You had to be like kind of working out. No, you could be a fat guido. Oh, you, you could? could be whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could be any type of guido as long as you rock it. As long as you rock it, huh? Okay. And another thing, too, is big hair. Like, that's kind of a Jersey thing to this day. But even the guys, like, the hair just completely like a, like a crown, all completely, like, ha- uh, hairsprayed. And that was a big part of it, too. Oh, yeah. The hair is a big thing. Um, lots of hairspray, um, spiked up, you know, Paulie's blowout, which he still wears. I don't know why he still wears it. He's <laughs> like, Paulie, you need to change your hairstyle, but he'll never change that. Um, and, you know, the girls, they always tease their hair up. And, you know, it's a, it's a Jersey thing. Well, and that, and that was kind of your, your hair was the biggest. That was one of the things that you were known for right off the start was the fact you had this huge wave of hair. Oh, yeah. They call it the poof. The poof? How long yeah, did- I look back at it and I'm like, oh my god, ew. <laughs> well, once again, I mean, what did my hair look like when I was 21? I had like the, yeah. cra- the crazy mullet. So, it's- so cool. <laughs> how-, how long did it take for you to do your poof uh, every every night before you went out? It literally took me a second because my hair is so thick. Okay. I put it in a ponytail and then just threw it up. But you know, some hairstyles are like, I don't know how you do it because it'll literally, it'll literally take us like 45 minutes to do. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, it was funny because the show took off so huge, and I, I believe you probably know for sure that was. Is this the most popular reality show of all time? Was Jersey Shore? Um, it was up there. I feel like there's somebody that we didn't beat, but um, on MTV's network, it was definitely the top one because uh, the Osbournes were at ten point something million, and we just, you know, um, we wow. beat them with almost 11 million um, viewers. So that was insane, just to have like, all those people watching you mm-hmm. basically just be drunk. 
<laughs> and that's what it was, right? That, that was for real. Like, you guys were just partying and no... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like anybody would do that because we filmed Jersey Shore probably, I would say, two months straight with cameras in your face 24-7. Right. We couldn't read. We didn't have a cell phone. Um, we couldn't even, like, write on a piece of paper because then, you know, we'd be writing notes to each other and you'd miss reality. Oh, wow. So the only the only thing we could do was drink and just, you know, have, make fun of it. So, and so you know, that's what we did. So you weren't allowed to have any real contact with the outside world, really, with no cell phones, etc.? Yeah, not really. The, the only way... Um, that we did have contact was the phone yeah. that was recorded. There was that, yeah, that so, one house phone that was in the middle of it. Yeah, it was like living in a box. Wow. That must have been kind of crazy, especially in this day and age when, I mean, everyone's attached to their phones 24-7. If you have like a five-second break at a traffic light, you're checking your phone yeah. to see your Twitter yeah. or Facebook. Well, that must have been kind of weird. No, honestly, though, it was refreshing not to have a phone because we had the actual people <laughs> conversate and, you know, do things that we wouldn't normally do if we did have our phone. So it was kind of refreshing, but, you know, it, it did get boring. Well, and, but, and the thing is, too, like, I remember, you know, I watched a little bit of the show, but right off the bat, everybody knew Snooky because the name Snooky and the, and the big hair. Where did you get the nickname of Snooky? One of my girlfriends just started calling me out of nowhere after we watched Save the Last Dance. It was one of the characters on there. Uh-huh. She was like, oh, I like that name. I'm going to call you Snooky. And only my one girlfriend called me that ever. So, you know, I was always Nick or Nikki to my friends in high school and everything. So, you know, once I got famous, all these people call me Snooky. I'm like, that's not my name. I'm like, why, why are people <laughs> calling me this? But, um, you know, that's what I wrote down on the application because they wanted, I guess, people with nicknames. Oh. So I just wrote that down because she gave it to me, and now I want to kill her. Is that another uh, another Guido, Guidette thing that you have to have a nickname, or why were they asking for a nickname? Yeah, I guess it's a thing to have nicknames, like, you know, Mike's Situation, Paulie D. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jay Wow. They just they just wanted different names to make it unique. But everybody knew. I mean, that name made you a lot of money because, like I said, everybody knew Snooky because it's a it's it's memorable. It's cool. It's like, well, Snooky. That's I, I know who that is. So I mean, that really set you apart from a lot of the other cast members because you had, as we would say in wrestling, you had a gimmick. Your gimmick was you were Snooky. Or because I got punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> or you. I, I think that's what set. I honestly think that's what set um, the show on the map because nobody was really into it until everyone was like, oh, my God, did you see that little girl get punched in the face by a guy in the bar? Oh. And then ever since, ever since that episode happened, um, our ratings just went through the roof, and I feel like I'm the reason that <laughs> the show is number one because I, I took a hit. I remember that. that so that was the, the show that kind of cracked everything open then, huh? Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> so you really got punched in the face by by a guy in in the bar? I did. I mean, you got to watch out down down the shore. There's a lot of assholes, especially when they get drunk. Right. And um, this one guy, I guess he just wasn't having it, and he was literally blacked out. He probably had no idea it was a girl. And he just hit me without even thinking. Wow. And yeah. So, so did they like? Was that show? I mean, a lot of reality shows, they'll you know manufacture certain storylines or whatever. Your show was not like that. It was pretty much straightforward. What you see is what you get. Yeah, I mean, they really didn't have to have a scripted show because we were so entertaining and stupid yeah. that they didn't they didn't even need help. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, I think that's why our show is so successful because it's so organic like that. But then, like you know, like I said, but for just from a pop culture standpoint, show aside, I mean, now you're you know they're, they're talking about Jersey Shore like on the Tonight Show, and there's Snooky jokes, or you go on Saturday Night Live and somebody's playing you as Snooky. I mean, that that must have been really surreal to be getting like you became a pop culture I don't know if icon is the right word but everybody knew who you were even outside of people who watched Jersey Shore I mean it was definitely flattering you know to have all these shows do jokes and have parodies of me and you know, it's funny because I'm like, oh, wow, I really am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have thick skin, I would imagine, at some points when you're... Oh, yeah. I mean, through this whole process, you know, obviously, we're humans. We all judge each other. We all have opinions. Not everybody's going to like you, but, I mean, when they do funny stuff like that on SNL and the South Park skit, mm. it's funny. Like, you have to laugh at it, and if you can't laugh at it, then you're going to be miserable. Well, and like I said, just the fact that they're having you on SNL and having you on South Park, even though they're, you know, making fun of you, quote-unquote, that's still pretty huge from a, like I said, from a from a recognition standpoint. I mean, oh my goodness, like, that's as, almost as big as it gets. Yeah, it's like a compliment. Like, sure. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> were you pretty, yeah. were you, were you guys pretty close, um, Maybe not on the show, but when you're talking about the business of Jersey Shore, and I know that towards the last few seasons there were some really big raises involved, and I mean you, everybody kind of took off doing their own. I mean, you know, tanning, tanning cream, and you know, perfumes and all that stuff. Did you guys kind of grow up together, or did you stick together when it came to that sort of stuff, or was there little clicks within uh, the the seven of you or eight of you, however many there was? Um. No, I feel like we were all in it together. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, obviously there were some of us that got more opportunities than others, but we were never like assholes about it to each other. We were always proud of each other for, you know, getting different things and doing different things. So we were always, we always stuck together with everything. We always complimented each other. And, you know, we're basically a dysfunctional family at the end of the day. So we just want the best for each of us. And, um, you know, we we were never like you know, assholes to each other about it. Yeah, because you had to realize, uh, you know, it was a pretty special opportunity that you guys were given to be in that position because, wow, I mean, it was a juggernaut for sure. Yes, I mean, to even be on TV and, you know, get paid for being yourself, I mean, that's amazing in itself. So, you know, we're not like, we weren't greedy assholes. (laughs) <laughs> and that you, you, you actually made a great point. You, you were, you know, uh, on TV getting paid to be yourself. You've never had to not. You never had to play a part. Never had to play a role. Uh, that's kind of uh, that's kind of cool. I mean, that's just been you. We've we've watched you grow up on TV. Like you know, you're like Ron Howard or something like that, but just a Guidette version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to have your job just you know it's just you being yourself and you know people enjoy that and people enjoy seeing you grow and you know from being a pregnant girl at 21 to now 26 um you know being a mom getting married pregnant again i mean it's crazy congratulations congratulations so how was how was that transition going from wild party girl you just had enough and then decided to to settle down yeah, I mean, honestly, after a couple seasons of Jersey Shore, I'm like, I can't drink like this anymore. Like, I'm dying. I'm killing myself. I don't even want to drink anymore. <laughs> um, so it was a really, really good time to just get over it and settle down with Gianni and, 
you know, decide to have babies. And it was just like the perfect time because you can only party so much before it gets old. Well, like, right, I don't out anymore. Yeah, and it almost be you would become a parody of yourself too, and that's what happens sometimes when you're playing a part which you weren't, you know, playing yourself. But okay, Jersey Shore, they go, they party, they drink, they work out, they tan, they do laundry, and repeat, repeat, repeat. And after a while, it just becomes a parody where, like you said, how much more can you drink? How much more can you do? Right? Yeah, and then people were getting these assumptions that that's all we did, and then when I'm not filming. I hardly drank ever. I just did it for the show. Mm-hmm. So it was like my vacation. So right. when people met, they were like, why aren't you drunk? Why aren't you tanning? It's like, that's <laughs> all we do. That's, like, yeah, right. <laughs> you should be tanning and drinking at the same time. Come on, Nicole. Yeah, like you're, they're like, you're so calm. You're not like doing flips in the air. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> do, or, do you ever think about like uh, with, with, your chi- with your babies um, that they're going to go back and watch Jersey Shore? Are you going to have to explain that to them or are they going to be like, come on, mom? I feel like knowing my kids and my personality and Gianni's, they're going to watch it and be like, you're so embarrassing. Why would you do that? <laughs> like they would still love me, but they would be like, why would you do this on TV? Right. Um, you know, they're going to watch it, obviously. They're going to know what mommy does or what mommy did. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to say, you can watch it, but this is what not to do. <laughs> exactly. Don't do <laughs> cartwheels while holding a red solo cup and wearing a dress. Exactly. <laughs> so as the show got popular, obviously, you're getting a lot of outside offers. Um, like I talked about earlier, it's for outside products and endorsing things. What, what were some – I mean, you had a whole list of things that people were coming to you with. What, what were some of those things? Were there any, was there any of them that were kind of really strange that they wanted you to endorse that you just said, I, I can't do that? Well, I remember there was this one um, – there was this one brand. There were cigarettes, and they wanted to do this, like, different type of cigarette. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's so trashy, I'm not doing a freaking cigarette line. <laughs> so I scratched that, and then somebody wanted me to, to do a pickle brand, but I thought that was so weird. A pickle? Snooky um, pickles? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I'm not doing pickles. And then um, there was a condom brand that wanted me to do a condom brand, and I thought that was a little weird. So um, you, you could those have, top three were the weirdest. You could have put the condoms over the pickles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so stupid. <laughs> but the, it, like, I'm not doing these things. It, it is funny how, like you said, how people come out of the woodwork. Like, who was deciding? Like, okay, I'm a pickle company. We need a spokesperson. It's got to be Snooky. That's it. It's perfect. It's, but pi- it's just weird because I eat pickles one time on the show. I was like, I love them. Then all of a sudden, that's just my thing. Pickles are my thing. I'm like, what the hell is going on? you got to watch what you say on TV because things will trademark to you and you don't even know it. Especially when everyone's watching you. You know, you guys are under yeah. the microscope. So everything that you did was, like you said, they're going to be analyzing it and watching it. Um, yeah, so every, every time I would meet my fans or, you know, do signings and stuff like that, everyone would bring me pickles. And I'm like, oh, geez. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho. We're back with Nicole Snooky Polizzi, 
Now, the Jersey Shore TV show led you to doing uh, a bunch of outside things, a bunch of outside projects. One of those things that you did is when you guest hosted Monday Night Raw and then ended up wrestling at WrestleMania 27. Tell us about that. Were you a wrestling fan? I was never really a wrestling fan, but, you know, I knew of it, obviously. And um, they knew that I had, you know, gymnastic experience and then cheerleading and stuff like that. So I knew I had the moves going into it. If I didn't have that, I would never have done it. Mm -hmm. Because the fans, you know how the fans can get. They'd be like, why is she here, boo? And, you know, I got booed every time I went out. But (laughs) I still held my head up high because I knew I was coming out with awesome moves for WrestleMania. So... When I went to WrestleMania, I was so, so nervous. Um, probably the most nerve-wracking thing ever because there's just so many people and you don't want to mess up and you want to do everything right. So right when I walked out, everybody was booing. I'm like, oh, crap, this is going to be awful. It's so embarrassing. But then once I did my backflip, you know, everything changed and, you know, I won the crowd over and it was awesome. So that was probably the most amazing experience I've ever had um, with this whole it's process. interesting because you know it's funny because I was taught I had Maria Menounos on my show and she wrestled at WrestleMania too and a lot of you know wrestling fans are very closed minded and anybody that comes from the quote unquote outside world into the to the secret world of wrestling you know automatically like you said they're going to boo you and stuff like that did, were you prepared yeah. for that did did the did the people tell you like the guys the Vince and everybody say you know listen they're probably going to boo you oh yeah. They were like, you're probably going to get booed, but you got to win the crowd over because you're not typically a wrestler. You're a right. reality star. And I was like, all right, I think I can handle it. But, you know, it was pretty intense. Well, tell us about the, like, how did they, they approach you to, to be at WrestleMania? I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, well, I think after I did my Raw skit, because, you know, they have different celebrities go yeah, on. Yeah, you were the guest hostess, things. right. Yeah, and they guessed me, um, they asked me to do a guest appearance. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'll try it out. And, um, you know, I feel like that went really well. I thought wrestling was so fun to do. It kind of reminded me of, like, you know, gymnastics or cheerleading because you have to train for it and you have to make this whole big thing with it. So I enjoyed the training of it. Right. So, um, you know, they saw that I enjoyed it. They saw how well the raw thing went. So they were like, we're going to feature you in WrestleMania. And I was like, I cannot say no to that. That's huge wow and so do you didn't have any any uh, inhibitions about it you were you were for it the whole time or did you kind of have to think about it a few times or i was definitely for it the whole time 100 percent. i was just so nervous right i knew what was going to happen with the booze and i was nervous that i was going to mess up so it well, was so nerve-wracking but it was so worth it and like you said too you're in front of seventy thousand people i mean and that's a lot different from just being in front of a camera where there's a few people there i mean that's a oh, lot yeah. of people yeah it's a totally different world and with that seven hundred thousand people there's also millions of people watching you on tv right so did you, know, you i was just thinking that the whole time like there's so many eyeballs on me right now i can't mess up. <laughs> did you guys uh rehearse the match uh, uh beforehand a lot or did you get uh, a day before a couple days before did you just show up and they said this is what we want you to do i think i learned it the day before mm-hmm. um and we only did it a few times because i me like if i do it too much i'm gonna mess up right i, I do it a couple times and then just wing it. I'm a wing it person, and mm. I usually do good when I wing it. Right. So um, that's exactly what we did. They just told me the basics of what's going to happen, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go with it. That's great. Did you have any interactions with Vince McMahon? Yeah. He's definitely intimidating because, you know, <laughs> of who he is. 
he's such a powerful guy, but um, he's very sweet, and, you know, he made me feel calm about everything, and um, I'm actually begging him to go back because I want to wrestle more. Oh, wow, really? There's yeah. a scoop. Yeah, I mean, especially now that, um, well, I was in shape, but I'll get back in shape after the baby. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just having more muscle and being more flexible, I feel like I could do more moves in the ring. Wow, that's uh, that's that's kind of cool. I didn't know that you would, you were interested in doing more. Yeah, it was such a fun experience. I would definitely go back for more. What, were were the the other people in the ring were cool cool with you? Did I mean did you get some tips from Trish Stratus or, or Morrison or anybody else on your team? Oh yeah, Trish was amazing. Besides being totally hot, you know, <laughs> um, she was she was just really really cool, down to earth. You know, just normal, helping me out, giving me tips. Morrison was awesome. I mean, everybody there was just so down to earth and normal that it made the experience not so nerve wracking with them. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean, we're you know sometimes you have people come from from the outside world or whatever, and and nobody really has uh, you know <clears throat> egos when it comes to that. Everybody just wants to, to have the best show possible and to make yeah. sure that you get your spotlight, and make sure that the the segment and the match works, that everybody enjoys it. So that's cool to hear that everybody was was was, was really cool to you and and, and very accommodating. Oh yeah, I would tell you if someone was an asshole. Everybody was really nice. Yeah. Now you mentioned you know being in in, in better shape and all that stuff. You did kind of have a whole turnaround uh, of your body type. I mean, you lost a lot of weight from from the Jersey Shore uh, time frame. Yeah, I mean, before I went on the show, I was always active. I was never overweight. Mm. Um, you know, as a cheerleader, I was doing gymnastics, um, so I never had like a weight issue until I went on the show. And that's from drinking all the time. Yeah. Just drinking and drinking, eating bad. I gained all this weight, and I I was never that heavy before. So, you know, it was hard to, like, see that on TV and be like, oh, crap, I, I gained so much weight. Right. Um, but, th- but then again, I, I didn't really care because I was just having a good time, and I really didn't care what I looked like. Sure. But, um, but once I had Lorenzo, I, I always pictured myself to be a healthy, fit mom and, you know, set a good example for him and... Um, you know, just be healthy for my kids. So once I had Lorenzo, I got into the gym. Um, I lost all my pregnancy weight and even more. So I lost like 50 pounds. Okay, um, which is great. Yeah, and, and I, I still continue to go to the gym with my trainer. Um, you know, obviously we have to do a lot of safety stuff with being pregnant. Um, but, you know, I'm all belly this time. My first time I was everything. I was all belly, all boobs, all butt, all legs. And this time, it's literally all belly. I still have my muscles. So, uh, you know, I'm feeling good this time around. That's cool because you're, 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 I mean, how tall are you? I'm only 4'9". Right. So you're I'm like. I'm not even 5 foot. So if I gain 2 pounds, it looks like I gained 20. <laughs> and, you know, my body, my body is, you know, everything just shrinks together and it looks worse. If I was 5'7 and I gained 10 pounds, you wouldn't even notice. <laughs> right. So with us short people, it's a little harder for us to maintain our body weight. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, you have nowhere to put it because you're just, mm-hmm. you're, you're just yeah. little. You're just a little thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or compact. So, I mean, uh, it, it, when we were talking about the WWE and also another thing that you did was, was Dancing with the Stars, which I've also done as well. How did you like that experience? I didn't know how hard that was going to be. I thought exactly. it was going to be a fun experience and be like, oh, this is so fun, you know, learning dances. But it's literally, it, it takes over your life. I hardly saw my son. I was practicing six hours a day. I was exhausted, and plus I was training in Jersey. So wow. I would have to fly out every week for the show and then really? fly back to Red Eye for the next day just to train. So, I mean, I didn't know it was going to be as intense 
and hard as it was, but I wouldn't take back the experience at all. Wow, so you trained in Jersey and then flew out every week to do your performance and then flew back to Jersey? Yeah, just because, you know, obviously they they give you um, housing and stuff like that, but I didn't want to bring my baby to L.A. because of the paparazzi and I just didn't want that for him and I knew it would be easier here in Jersey because it's such a normal life over here so I decided to toughen it up and make me suffer and just travel instead of having my family moved wow that must have been hard on you uh physically though oh it was awful and I think the producers saw it um so I think that's why you know I honestly think the show's right I mean let's be serious (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so the the last week that I was there, I was literally shaking. I was so tired. I couldn't even think straight because of the flying and the hours of training. And I was like, I don't think I could do this anymore. And then I got voted off. So it was kind of bittersweet because I was asking for it to stop. <laughs> but then once it did stop, I was like, no, I'm not ready to go. I had dancing withdrawals for me. It was like I couldn't, you know, like I would wake up and like, what do I do? I, I, you know, you're training every day for, mm-hmm. you know, seven hours a day or whatever it was. I think... You know, ten weeks because you do three weeks of training before and then do the show. I didn't know what to do when I was when I was finished. I know, me too. I felt useless. I was like, I'm not doing anything, even though <laughs> you know I'm taking care of my kid, running here, running there. I'm like, I, I just feel like I need to go work out for three hours. No, I didn't. I, you know, and I, I, much like you, like I expected it not to be easy, but I didn't realize how hard it would be as far as how much work you had to put into it and how intricate everything was from, remember even like keeping your finger bent down and keeping your hands straight and doing your lines and like it was so, such an art form that I really knew nothing about, you know? Oh yeah, I mean when you think of dancing, you think of just carefree, do what you want, there's no posture, there's no position you need yeah. to be in, but you know, the the professional world of dancing, it's all posture. It's all, like, how you present yourself. You That's have to right. Play this character. You have to look a certain way. And, you know, that that's really hard for us to overcome when, you know, we, we're just, like, free dancers. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not pros. And, you know, you mentioned dancing, which is basically, you know, go to a club and you just jump up and down and, you know, like, just yeah, move like around. Yeah, you enjoy yourself. Yeah, you move your butt a little, and that's what dancing is for us. But for them, like, this whole art form. Yeah, yeah. Who Who is your partner? I had Sasha. He was um, one of the troop dancers. Okay. So it was his first time being a pro. Gotcha. And uh, I just think that they, they needed to find somebody small for me mm-hmm. because all, all the dancers were too, were too tall, so it wouldn't work. So Sasha was the perfect height for me. Oh, okay, gotcha. And, and you mentioned that you thought it was rigged. What gave you that indication? Because, I mean, it's pretty obvious. But what, what, when, when did you uh, get hip to I, it? I, I've been watching this show since it was on, and me and my oh, mom really? has always has always said, this show has got to be rigged because we're voting for these people, like, you know, millions of times, and then they get voted off, and I'm sure everybody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think with all competition shows, it's got to be rigged somehow because you need the ratings. you got to do something crazy for the ratings, right? Well, sure. I mean, and there's so much money at stake. So I, I kind of think, too, that they had a tentative plan of like okay here's our 12 contestants these four will probably go to the end these four will be off at first and then maybe you can mess with it a bit but you, you could see that like you said like they would always say uh your final scores are a combination of the viewers votes and the judges scores yeah but who actually counts all those votes it's got to be millions and millions of votes nobody's right. sitting there oh check one here check two here you know like yeah i don't 
that. And, and that's what I was thinking too. And also, how much of a like it's a combination of the two, but they never said what percentage. Is it fifty fifty? Is it ninety ten? You know what I mean? You could always they could skew it any way they wanted to, uh, but you would never really know for sure. And, and the couple times I asked, and I was frowned upon, like, "Do not ask that question. It is the secret oh, of question. Course, <laughs> it's not real, so we don't have an answer for you." Yeah, and I also loved it too. Like when you did the dress rehearsal on a Sunday, they always said, you know, do not stop, don't quit. You know, this is this is the real rehearsal, and I think that they judged on the Sunday. Like that's when they made their 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 actual decisions for the scores, because on Monday they would have all of these witty quips that they would come up with so fast. But you, you can't come up with that stuff like in sixty seconds or ninety seconds. They had a day to think of those things, and I think they kind oh, of yeah. just, you know what I mean. No, they exact. They that's exactly what they do. Um, you know, the dress rehearsal, you have to dance full out like it's the real thing, and the judges actually watch it, and the producers in secret. Yeah, like, All right, this is what we're going to judge them on. But like you said, though, I mean, everyone was always telling me this is going to be the best experience. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And 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 looking back, like definitely was one of the, the my favorite things that I've ever done for sure in my career. Oh yeah, me too. Especially um, you know during it, I was like, this is awful. I don't know why I signed up for this. It's so hard. <laughs> But then once it was over, I'm like, oh my god, that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, you got into better shape, and just everything about it was was really beneficial, you know, to to to, to, to like I think physically, mentally, like you said, taking on a challenge because it's not easy. I mean, the first dance that I ever did in my life was in front of you know 25 million people. Like, and there you go. Here, here you go. Do it. See what you can. Yeah. You know? So scary, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, before we split, I, I I pulled up the Jersey Shore glossary because I'm really intrigued by the oh, Guido. So I'm going to ask you some of these things. You tell me what they mean or if they're even real, if they're even real sayings, okay? Okay, okay beating up the beat. Beating up the beat is when you go to the club and you literally just beat the air with the beat. <laughs> That's awesome. I love yeah. how this is actually real uh, real slang. No, yeah, when, we were idiots back then. When I do your podcast, you can uh, go through Canadian slang, and I'll, uh, I'll, oh, I'll yeah. teach you. Okay, so, uh, so blowout. Blowout um, is what the guys do to their hair. They spike it up with gel, and that's what Paulie has on his hair, a okay. blowout. Okay. Um, the business. The business, I don't know. I think Mike bring that up. He's an idiot. It's probably <laughs> having to do with something with sex. <laughs> How about schmush? Smush. Smush is having sex. Okay. <laughs> um, creeping. Creeping. Um, the boys made that up, and that's when you go to the club and you creep on the girls, you know, to see which one they they would bring home. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like hitting on girls. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, here's one. I don't know. I've never heard this before. Frickles. Frickles? Yeah. Is that a thing? I have no idea. <laughs> it says fried pickles. Oh, fried pickles. Yeah, frickles. I never said frickles. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you go to the to the to like the Jersey Shore, all those um uh you know, little eateries on the side of the boardwalk, everything is fried. Like like fried pickles, fried Oreos. Have you ever eaten fried oh, yeah. Oreos? Yeah, oh it's so good. So fattening though, but it's so good. But, oh my God. Um, I never heard of fried pickles until me and Jenny went to Georgia on our road trip. And I tried them. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it was amazing. And then the next summer, there was fried pickles everywhere on the boardwalk. <laughs> or, or frickles, according to this. Yeah. Okay, uh, what's a grenade? 
A grenade. Oh, the boys made this up. They're awful. It's an ugly girl. Oh, and why is it a grenade? Because it can blow up in your face. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so are you? So the guys made up a lot of this stuff. Yeah, they were they were being assholes, but I mean it's all good. <laughs> uh, what about a landmine? A landmine is when um, I think it's worse than a grenade. And it's when you're hooking up with a girl and she's just awful. Oh, wow. So there's like a grenade would be kind of a girl that's sort of ugly, but a landmine is just really repulsive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you want to stay away from that. Isn't that so mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, a couple, what about Ron Ron Juice? Ron Ron Juice. Oh, he made um, this drink every time before we went out to pregame. And it was like watermelon and vodka and cherries. It was so good. Okay, so that was good stuff. So, so you still yeah. have a, a really good relationship with Jay Wow. You guys were, were, were best friends, or, or at least from the show. Do you ever have any uh, contact with any of the other other cast members? Oh yeah, um, I hang out with the girls all the time. Sam and Dina. We always talk. Um, I'm still really close with Ron. Um, you know, we try and talk to Paulie all the time, but he's so busy with touring still. So. Um, you know, Mike, I haven't heard of in forever, or Vinny, but we usually always try and keep in contact with each other, just because you know we went through this huge experience together that no one is going to understand. That's right. That. So, you know, for- we always try and make contact. Did Ronnie and Sammy uh, uh, stay together? Did they end up together? Yeah, they're still together, um, and they actually have a, an amazing relationship now. They had to be, you know, they had to go through that crazy stage of hating each other, and now they have the perfect relationship. <laughs> Um, they're not engaged yet. I think they will be soon. But, oh. um, yeah, they live together in Westchester. Oh, okay. All right. Um, are you going to have uh, some, of, some of your uh, former cast members on Naturally Nicole, your, your, your podcast? Yes, I would love to. Um, definitely Jenny because she's my best friend. Right. Um, you know, but I would love to have all of them on. You guys have made kind of a, a whole industry for yourself, Snooky and JY. You could, as far as taking it uh, past Jersey Shore onto you know onto the Snooky and JY show. I know you do some products together. You guys should continue to stay in business. You're like partners now. Yeah, we just wanted to do something different. Like we still wanted to do TV, but we didn't want to do the party aspect anymore. We wanted to do more of like a woman thing and best friends and just growing up and maturing and. You know, doing new things, but still being girlfriends and best friends at the same time. Right. So, um, I, I think our fans love that because they're growing up with us and they can relate to things that you know they're going through with their best friends. So we just wanted like a different type of show for us, and you know, it's worked out. And for your for your podcast, what what do you want to like? What kind of a podcast is going to be? All interviews, or you going to be talking to your friends? You're going to be talking about the stuff that you're doing. What's kind of your mindset for for the subject matter of Naturally Nicole? Um, it's going to be a lot of things. I definitely want to do a lot of parenting stuff for like new parents and mm-hmm. just, like the funny things that happen and um, how I'm dealing with you know my baby and now having two babies and. Basically, just keeping everybody in the loop with what's going on in my life and how crazy it is. Um, and I also want to do interviews with a lot of people, so mm-hmm. hopefully, I could pay some celebrities to get on. <laughs> um, you know, bribe them. Uh, I'm doing a lot of fitness stuff with my trainer, so you know, talking fitness, taking um, you know questions from fans and stuff like that, because fitness is a big part of my life. Um, and, you know, just have a fun channel. I want to be fun. I want people to get to know me as Nicole. 
Um, so I'm really, really excited about it, and you know, hopefully, you can be a guest on my show now. Absolutely. Now, 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 I owe you. I owe you. Yeah, you, you owe now. me. <laughs> and, when, and when is the podcast on? What day is it is going to be airing? Um, I'm pretty sure Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Okay. Tuesdays okay. every week on Podcast yeah. One, which is the amazing network that I'm on right now as well with you. Uh, Nicole, it's been great having you on, a lot of fun, and I appreciate you doing this, and best of luck. Not that you need it, because you've done so much stuff. Everything's been a success. You've got a huge fan base. This is just the next step for you, so congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. I'm totally excited, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm going to have some Ron Ron juice, and I'm going to go out and find some landmines now. Oh, yeah, have some for me because I'm pregnant. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, bye. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N dot com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho. Thanks to Snooki for being here with me. Check out her new podcast, Naturally Nicole. And you can still see those Jersey Shore reruns on MTV like 17 times a day. Uh, my favorite guy was probably the situation. It's such, so ridiculous. Like it's, it's such a ridiculous show, but I, I was so caught up into it for a couple of years. But uh, best, best, best wishes and lots of maximum rockicity to uh, Nicole. Uh, can't resist in calling her Snooky. Thanks to her for being on the show. Thanks to all of you for listening. I know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to schwas, and yet you always schwas to be here with me. And you know I loves you. Who loves you, baby? I do. Y2J does. And thanks for using my Amazon link every time you do your online shopping. Really easy to find. Just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcasts free banner at the top of the page. Then click on Talk is Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links. Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, and of course, everybody's going Amazon. Amazon USA. Woo! Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done. You're helping me out in the process. If you want to pre-order the new Fozzie record, go do it right now. Uh, go to Amazon through Talk is Jericho. Pre-order the record. Take a screenshot of it, an original screenshot, because some of you uh, nasty little meddlers are trying to repost screenshots. But do that on the Twitter at Fozzy Rock, and we will repost it, and we will follow you as well, because we loves you, baby. So go ahead, rock out with the Foz. Thanks for being here with us. We'll see you on uh, Friday. He's going to break his silence. He was recently made a free agent by the WWE. So this week on Talk is Jericho, this Friday on Talk is Jericho, for the first time doing any type of media, we got Drew McIntyre will be here. I'm a big believer in him. I reached out to him, and he's ready to spill the beans on Friday. So until then, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Talk is Jericho. We'll see you soon. Yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.